0: Hello, hello. Hey, there you are. Okay, I sent you a link, and so you—I just find me, or did you find me? My-
1: I cool. found you on here for some reason when I when I made my profile. It um, it added you directly as a favorite.
0: So cool. good That's on you. Good. That's good. <laughs> well, this is the new platform uh, since Spareman actually started doing just video. Um, that you can add to a podcast, and they stop mm-hmm. supporting their normal podcast system, which I actually like the way it works. It's a little harder to get launched, but the cool thing about Anchor is it does let you create segments. So, if for some reason you get disconnected, you can you can create multiple segments, and you can add anything you have on Spotify or Apple Music, like you said on the twenty second when you have your single out mm-hmm. you and go back and edit this podcast and add it as a segment.
1: Well, that's wicked.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've been doing that. If you look at my podcast, I actually have been talking about my, my own songs and kind of deconstructing them and then putting Spotify versions out for people to hear. But, um, yeah, so let's get into what you guys been doing. I know you're working toward releasing that single and you're working on an EP. Um, last time I talked to you, yeah, so. man,
2: working hard, working hard. Yeah, we have um, Red Lips that's coming out June 22nd, so um, we're very excited about that. Yes, that's
0: cool. Yeah, so
1: and leading up to it, yeah, go ahead, leading up to it, the um, pre release is out now, so people can go to www.htgmusic.com/red lips and they can pre order Red Lips there. Um, so, but now we are just coming off the high and, and really getting into our, the covers that we've been doing. Yeah. We've released two covers, um, I since the last time we talked, um, one is called God's Plan by Drake.
0: Yeah. I think we talked and about that last time.
1: Yeah. 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 And then the other one is I Can by Chronics.
0: So God's Plan is still not on any streaming service yet.
1: No, for now, it's just on YouTube, so people can go to HTG Music on YouTube and find it. Okay, yeah, yeah,
2: also, because those are covers, you have to put those up for streaming. Those yeah. are just going to be on SoundCloud and YouTube, but our original is going to be up on um, Spotify and streaming once it gets released.
0: Cool, yeah, because then I can... this. Well, this podcast, for some reason, they don't let you attach SoundCloud or YouTube, but they let you put in Spotify and Apple Music. So as soon as it's on those... I can do that, but I can put links on my, um, on my other, on my blogger site. So, okay. so when I, and I can also, this is a, this you can distribute this as an embed. So I can give you an embed that you could put onto your website that will have this podcast. And, um, and then when I update it to have segments on it, uh, then I can add additional segments, which is kind of cool, but, um, okay. Cool. sounds good. Excellent. Yeah, so, you know, things change. you got to roll with the technology. One platform goes down, another one comes up. So I did a lot of research on on, on trying to find Anchor, and Anchor has some cool things about it. So I think going forward, we'll, we'll see what we can do with this. I've um, got a bunch of other people I'm going to be talking to. And mm-hmm. so you guys are the first. I actually had uh, a guest yesterday, Kendra Black, who actually sang a song with Snoop Dogg. Wow, well, very nice. cool. But but the problem is that when we went to finish the, the episode, we we uh, were mistaken. We used a, an old link. Consparement, you could use an old link and it would work. But with this platform, you have to use a current link that you create today. Okay. Um, so if you try to use an old link, it lets you do the conversation. But then when you go to save it, it doesn't let you save it. So then we spent a half hour talking and we didn't get to save it.
1: <laughs> Interesting. That's pretty whack.
0: Yeah. So that was like, I called the people. I said, you don't have a backup? And they go, Oh, I guess not. But um, <laughs> so, you know, you learn, you live and learn. So hopefully that this episode um, I might after like 20 minutes hit the save and then come back. We should come back in just to make sure. Cause I don't know if there's a limitation on the length of these. Mm. If we want to talk longer, we can do it as segments. Okay. Um, I think it's just safe based on my experience from the last conversation. Like twenty minutes, then we'll save it, then start it again, and then we'll string it together. Okay.
1: Gotcha. Sounds good.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Sounds so you've like been touring, right? In. You've been playing shows,
2: right? Um, not we have, we did we did one show in um in Hollywood about a week and a half ago, and then we oh, got man. another show coming up this weekend in San Diego. So we haven't been in too much performing. We're still focused on like these releases and getting the campaigns together and everything like that. But we'll really get get really hard and performing come
0: this summer. So is everything recorded or are you just ma- mastering or are you still recording?
2: I'm still doing some
0: recording. Yeah,
1: finishing touches, re-recording some things, coming up with new ideas and, and enhancing what we already have. But I'd say our album is like maybe each song is about sixty percent finished.
0: Cool. Yeah. So is this the recording engineers and the mastering is going on now, or you're actually doing more overdubs?
1: More overdubs.
2: Yeah, so usually
0: with, with the process we work with, we'll start
2: with a, um, a broken down, I guess, stemmed out demo of what we want to get. And then we'll start booting up with the producer. Then we'll record some new vocals to get some, some, some cool ideas going. And then um, after we get the vocals, if we hear something else, we may actually bring in some musicians, get live ones recorded, um, bring in a bass. You know, it all depends. You allow the music to grow over time, you know, it's like a painter. You know, you add a couple of brushes every day until you have until you consider the painting to be good enough to be released, you know?
0: Yeah, kinda like my style of recording is I kinda I'll do like a live session and put it to like a zoom and then I'll go back and I'll like find where the groove was, pull that out and then start yeah. layering on top of it. Exactly. Yeah. And I just keep on doing that until I get to where I think it's right. And then I'll record multiple versions with different vocals, different lyrics until I figure out which one I like. And sometimes I test them on SoundCloud and then see what the reaction is. And if more people like a particular one, I say, well, you know, maybe that's the way I should go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> That's quite a process you have.
0: Yeah, it's just something I've been doing over the years. I mean, I originally started with a Tascam 4-tracker. And would take like rolling like a D5, uh, D50, uh, old, old school linear synth um, back in the day and, and, and track that with like a chord drum machine. <laughs> yeah. And then, then I, I started getting more advanced and started using the zooms. And, and now I got my modes. I mean, I've got my Moog mother 32. I got a D-Fam. And like the D-Fam, I don't know if you've seen that, It's like the drummer from another mother. It's, it's only an eight-step uh, sequence, but it's a full analog drum machine with two oscillators. And Very it, cool. Because, because it's limited and it's like only got eight steps, it forces you to be really creative in those eight steps. But like any Moog, you can play the filters. Wow. You can play the ABSR. So if you put it into a Zoom and then you start to like, just play it live and then start playing with the envelope generator, and playing with the filters, and playing whether or not it's running one oscillator or two oscillators as the tape runs, that creates, like, the variable beats. Like, oh, like, like playing it like a DJ. Very cool. Very so cool. You, like, you play it, if you understand how synths work, and you start playing with the filter, and playing with the envelopes, and playing with all the different things you can do, and then you can act, CV patch it different ways, and once you do that, you can create a very fat you know, come with like a Lin drum machine. I mean, it has a really powerful sound, you know, and you can get really good bass tones out at the same time. And so I've been playing with that a lot. Very cool. Kind of an organic, even though it's a mechanical drum machine, it's analog. Right. And there's, there's no MIDI on it at all. The only way you can connect it is through CV. Okay. So it's it's kind of old school, but it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun.
2: Um. You. You. You, you gotta. Uh,
0: let us know where your SoundCloud links are and stuff. So oh yeah, yeah. I'll send. I'll send you. I mean, I have a Facebook and I have a SoundCloud and I've got stuff on Spotify. Like if you if you just type in Family Like a Ghost on Spotify or Apple Music, you'll find me. I'm all over there. But I'll send you my SoundCloud. But um, yeah. I've got everything that's on Apple Music is on SoundCloud too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very cool. All right, cool. Yeah. Check it out. So, so I know you guys were working on your EP, which is like it's mostly you're doing the cover, your versions of covers, right? That's what the EP is about.
2: No. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. Or you're changing that direction?
2: No, the covers were just for um, um, the
0: single releases.
2: Yeah, for between now and summertime, we have four covers and one single. But actually, the um the original music it may it may end up becoming a. Um,
1: Nine
2: piece album, yeah. A nine, a nine a nine Oh, Oh, so you're moving from like a, a small, maybe four or five song EP to a full record, yeah. yeah only because we have so much music that we're making, and it um, it fits
0: in a project, so they maybe make a oh. record. So maybe talk more about that. Because I remember the last time I talked to you, you were talking about the EP. I know you said the single releases, I got it confused, but um, yeah, so the EP was more original material, and now it's turned into morphed into a full record, yeah. Very exciting.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a beautiful piece of work. Um, the songs that we have been making um, had no intention of of being together necessarily, except for the f- uh, five song EP that we were going to make. But with the music that we're making lately, it just ties so well into the the EP, the original EP that we just decided. Hey, you know, the color blue can actually be an album. Um, yeah and it, it's beautiful like the songs that we have on there are, are really intriguing and with Red Lips um, that's coming out on June 22nd you'll really get a taste of what the album is to offer and it and it goes in depth because it's it's such a, a, a beautiful musical experience but the lyrics and the content and um also the sounds like the sounds are are so
2: cool man we're we're layering so many non-traditional sounds um Mm -hmm. in certain songs i mean they still have a rhythm they still have a drive they still have that mainstream appeal but they're um they're 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 dipped in in things you usually don't hear in that type of music which is really gonna make it exciting
0: yeah i always like that because i like the way you did god's plan and that's like that really got me intrigued and I'm, I'm very excited to hear that you're you're expanding the the whole project to be a full record
2: And yeah, uh, it's gonna be it, it 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 may it may end up being a, um a two-part album yeah. with
0: oh that's awesome with five songs in each part so side, b side if it was vinyl like a side would be one theme and b side be another yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah going full-on cassette
0: vibes. Yeah, well, I love that kind of thing, you know, because I'm a child of the 70s, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I love, like, all genres, but I was, you know, because I'm a, I'm a keyboardist, I'm really big into, like, rock operas. You okay. Know, like, like, progressive, like, Yes. Like, Yes used to do things, like, Fragile and Closer to the Edge, and those are very themed records mm-hmm. that have, like, these, like, you know, Yes was kind of cosmic, doing all this cosmic, psychedelic, progressive, really complex music, um, but it was it was really interesting. You know, as an electronic musician, you, you see bands like Peter Gabriel's Genesis, you know, he did Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, and they have these, like, rock opera themes, these continuations of, like, what Pete Townsend was doing with, with like, Tommy and Quadrophenia. A lot of these progressive art rock bands would take the modes and take the Hammond organs and, and build up these really complicated, you know, multi-rhythmic, Multiple, you know, uh, like these arts, like sound paintings.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and that's what it, that that's what it is. It's supposed to set a mood, intrigue thought, um, inspire thought, provoke emotion, and positivity. I mean, that's what our music is about. It's about painting that overall picture of depth, texture, everything. Really, I mean, it's it's and something wanted, new, you know, share it.
2: Something new, because I mean. I can create a cool song. I can create a cool song that makes you move, but really, you want something that makes you go, ooh, ah, what's that? I've never heard that before. That's cool in a certain way. You know, something that really just kind of yeah. triggers that.
1: stands outside the box. Like, yeah. It's just...
0: yeah, it was like the, the whole idea, like what, what the Beatles did with Sgt. Pepper was make people realize, you know, albums aren't just about singles. Yeah. So you can have like a theme. Yeah. And that started like the whole revolution. In, in in albums, because then people started saying... It's a
1: collective of yeah art. Like, it's it's a story. It's, yeah. it's a feeling.
0: Because then you get, you know, Stevie Wonder doing, like, intervisions and songs in the key of life, because he was inspired by the Beatles. And he took it, you know, songs in the key of life takes that to the extreme. You know, and, and even intervisions. But songs in the key of life is such an awesome statement. And it's because... I believe, you know, seeing something like Sgt. Pepper, you know, seeing, you know, Abbey Road, seeing those Beatle albums, shown that you can go and try to do something that has a theme, that has a, a concept, and then have it interlink. And even if it's not clear, like the Beatles concepts aren't as clear as like what you get with Stevie Wonder. It's a clearer vision. Mm-hmm. More over, you know, it, it is a concept, but so if you ask people, well, what is it? They have a hard time explaining what it really is. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: But, but, but you feel it's a theme, but it's kind of a psychedelic theme, but you can't really pin it down. It's more feel. And there's nothing wrong with that because it's, you know, it's a massive accomplishment. But what you see later is bands start to make themed albums that actually have something to say. They're
1: exactly.
0: Not just psychedelic. not just feel like surrealism. They're, they're actually really statements, you know,
1: Exactly, and the color blue, cl- the color blue really um, parallels with that, because it's it the actual topics of each song might seem like they do not connect, but when you go into the depth of the meaning of each song and why it was created, it's it's electrifying, it's it's inspiring. The color blue represents loyalty and. Our journey on this musical journey, anyway, has we have been very loyal to our vision and our dream as a collective, and that's what blue represents. So that's why it's it's called the color blue.
0: That's really cool. I just give you guys a heads up. This segment we're probably gonna shift it, save it, and then start another one. So um, just because I want to make sure we don't lose our conversation. (laughs) Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah. So maybe this is a good point to break and then we, when we get into it maybe you guys can go I don't know you don't probably want to feel everything about what this record is but I want to go more in depth about like how you well, Red Lips recording <laughs> yeah. yeah and maybe focus on some of the songs that you want to talk about in more detail so we go into the Red Lips and we really talk about that more detail in the next segment
1: sounds good
0: Okay, so I'm going to finish this segment and then we're going to go to the next one. So just, just, you'll see me out there again, just join me. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Okay, so we're back for our second segment with Heritage. So you guys there? Yeah, yeah, we're here. This
1: is the Heritage Show.
0: So um, so let's get into uh, Red Lips and their whole Everything you want to talk about that, so you got the floor. So go ahead. Sure.
2: Well, um, it's funny. Red Lips was born from um, something that was highly unintentional. About uh, mid last year, Hannah and I decided that we were gonna, you we were gonna write a mixtape just to write as much as we can, you know. And um, to
1: experiment, just have fun, just free up without the pressure of creating to put out, but just creating to create.
2: Right, and and that and that's how it started. And and we had a rule, we, we um, we'd sit down, we go in the room, we would write, we get the mic, find it instrumental, and say, what we do is we listen to the song, we go in the corner, we write what we want to write, we come back, we share ideas, and we record it, and then we move on. There's no redoing of takes, nothing. We just we were knocking out like two to three songs in about a night. Yeah, and that's what we did, and that's where Red Lips was born. We wrote about eight songs, in about three days or something like that, mm-hmm. and um, it's funny because three of the singles that are going to be on the album were born out of that, out of those eight songs that we wrote for the mixtape.
0: Well, that's really cool because I've heard that like there was a band, a different genre, but there was a band from Minneapolis called Who's To Do, and they like a punk band, and in the early eighties they they recorded this album, it's a famous like punk album called Zen Arcade they went into a warehouse and he spent like 72 hours and he just ran through all their songs like on reel to reel and just recorded it in this warehouse and kind of ripped through it. And uh, it had this kind of feel that felt, you know, spontaneous. It felt kind of like the Sex Pistols. It had this kind of real raw power um, that Hmm. I think that, you know, when you see a lot of bands, you go back to jazz, you know, Coltrane and Davis. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that will go through that type of technique. You know, Even Clapton, you know, with Derek and the Dominoes, he did that kind of thing. With, it makes with, with it players. fun. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it really does. There was no pressure. There was no like. There was there was nothing. It was just us in some comfortable clothes, writing just was writing exactly what we felt in that moment. And Red Lips was born from that. So. It really just it's it's come from our hearts, and um yeah it has a really beautiful message, you know,
0: yeah, I think it's a really cool way to record because a lot of people you know they get stuck in the daw and they they spend so much time trying to make things perfect um uh, from a composition standpoint that it loses some of the spontaneity mm-hmm. that if you go back to the classic albums. A lot of classic albums, you know, things that became, like, really iconic were, like, rehearsal errors. <laughs>
1: exactly. Or
0: mistakes. They changed the key. It's like, well, that actually sounds good. You know, they they' different chords. They're like, that actually sounds good. And they, They're messing around. And it's like, because you let that kind of muse come in and you don't try to just compose everything. I mean, it's cool to have, like, if you're, like, a Neil Diamond or if you're, like, one of the great, you know, singer songwriter composers yeah you find you can compose a really tight composition and that's really cool but it, there's a lot to be said for the collaboration where you're kind of just like you know doing what you guys described mm-hmm. yeah if, I mean there's other things where you okay I want to craft a pop song I'm going to spend a lot of time trying to make it like the perfect pop song or perfect whatever song whatever genre you're in and and people spend a lot of time trying to compose that hit you know springsteen did that with born to run yeah you, you know he spent a lot of time just going over and over and over but then you kind of lose the fun Wait, yeah you... to,
1: to me music music is shouldn't be so i mean of course you have your moments where you want to be beethoven but for the most part music is a feeling and there's an undeni- undeniable undertone in red lips that was effortless, and and just free free on the tongue. you yeah. know we're, we're saying what we felt in that moment, and it still stands today, and that's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, I really enjoy that type of music. You know, I'm kind of like I like jam bands. If you think like like the My Brothers, or if you think about like Parliament Funkadelic, mm-hmm. I mean Parliament Funkadelic, most all those songs are come out of jams. You know, exactly. Like- you know, but, Mothership connection—that's all a jam. I mean, it's a theme, and they tightened it up, and they can replay it. But when they wrote it, that's a jam. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like James Brown. If you listen to James Brown's Funk Exercises, they're all jams. Yeah, you know, and they have a lot of feel because they're that way.
2: Yep, yeah. and that's the thing about Red Lips. In, in a sense, what Red Lips, what Red Lips does. It takes our our love and our natural um inclination towards soul and then ties it with um a little bit of hip hop and jazz, and we say hip hop because the beat has that kind of um dirty that dirty almost almost brooklyn Brooklyn oh. with a little bit of west coast like that like mm-hmm. that old school hip hop yeah you know where it's kind of like dirty has a flow to it, and mm-hmm. um it, it it takes that with a little bit of west coast feel that the um that the uh, that the producer brings to the table, and mm-hmm. we kind of combined all that, added a little bit of saxophone, that sort of thing to really create this this dirty yet sweet feeling that is a gem mm-hmm. you know um like the hook is like those red lips and those red lips, those red lips and those red lips, those red lips and those red lips, those red lips, those red lips, those red lips. you know, so that can actually loop as you yeah. fit into the song and it's. And what's cool is like the feeling of, of the nonchalant is almost like is a dichotomy to the message, which is a lot more impactful and mm-hmm. and heavy, which is talking about self-esteem, you know, and mm-hmm. and how that pertains to Red Lips, you know. But it's done in a very poetic way that you got to really listen to catch it. But once yeah. you listen
0: and read the lyrics, you get the message. So the beat, is it, is it with a real live drummer or are you using like 808 or... How how are you or MPC or how how are you doing a beats? Um, it's it it's it's live
2: drums. So what we've right. done it's 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 some splicing, it's some mixing and that sort of stuff. But all in all, what you're hearing is an actual kit, like a real yeah. drummer on a kit. You know, but, so you,
0: put, you special... close your
2: eyes and you visualize the kit. Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, because a lot of great soul music. If you go back and look at, like you know, stacks or you know, Motown or, you know, you look at any of the great soul songs, it's like the drummers were incredible. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. If
0: you if you look at the complexity, even though it might not seem it, if you, you check a lot of these old songs and I would be hard-pressed to find drummers today that could play those songs.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the way that John played the saxophone in this song is undeniably... Like, you can't do it twice. Yeah. Dan Luka may be able to do it twice, but he was in such a, a euphoric
0: state. musical
1: state that it's, like, the notes he was hitting, his saxophone isn't even able to hit those notes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when you get into the zone, you like, you kind of like the muse gets inside of a musician. And you kind of get those Coltrane moments or Davis moments where it's like you hit stuff. He's like, you didn't even know you're going to hit that. Yeah, it's
1: definitely a a trip, man. Like he was out of it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Because I think it happens like when you're a keyboardist and you go off and you start getting in the zone and you're running like really complicated, you know, left and right hand parts. And, you know, when you play live, it's like you go back and listen to the tape. It's like, man, I don't know if I can do that again exactly that way. Mm-hmm. I, I can kind of get into this it, I can probably get close to it but not exactly what I did yeah and, and that's why you like, like okay well for this song I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut and splice that around <laughs> <laughs> you know cause I don't think I can replay that I'm gonna it, like...
1: yeah it was such a perfect take though like we couldn't redo it we couldn't th- there was no reason at that time to recut or splice around anything because it sounded so perfect with, got with it, yeah. the lyrics and everything, and so John Luca, you're gonna do live.
0: <laughs> so so the that's... question is, when when you have a song like that, when you go to play it live, do you create a like a live version that's never gonna be exactly what the studio version is? But it's okay. We're, you, 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 well, I'm gonna play it this way, or you're gonna do, do a lot of improvisation every time you do it. You're gonna do it a little different.
2: We're masters. No, I mean this. <laughs> this, this is how I see it. I think um, when, when when you create music, it's not to be replicated, right? I mean there. are there are certain things that the listener wants to get again, but yeah. if I play a improvised solo on the track on my saxophone, I'm not scoring out my solo to play it identical. I mean, that's, that defeats the whole purpose of improvisation. Yeah, yeah. You know? I agree. Um, the, the main focus is can you go back to the same place and deliver something equally authentic? And if you can do that, then you've done the same thing twice.
1: Well said. You well know?
2: Said. Yeah.
0: And, I, yeah, I think that yeah. If you think the great musicians like it, like you look at Prince and you look at Hendrix, right? Yeah, Prince never played "Kiss" when he played it live. The same way, he never did it the way he did it on on the studio version. You're not supposed to.
1: None of of the greats really um, do the same thing. Nina Simone has like what, like ten different versions of "Ain't Got No." Yeah. Like it's never ever ever the same.
0: Yeah, if you listen to Hendrix doing "Voodoo Child," there's so many different variations. Yep. of voodoo child or different versions of Purple Haze. He would. could he only you know, get bored? You know, they making him run all these shows. He's like, okay, I'm not gonna do it the same way. Can I get bored? I'm. I'm gonna do it different interpretations of Machine Gun. You know, depending on what he felt like. Uh, uh, you know, and I think that's that's why people want to see certain live acts because they know like they get to their, like the Grateful Dead and Funkadelic, James mm-hmm. Brown people like to go follow Funkadelic like the Grateful Dead. They're like the, the funk version of the Grateful Dead. People would follow them because every time they played, yep. they do it different. And it was mm-hmm. worth seeing them. Even mm-hmm. if they played the play same place show, like a place like three times, people would go all three nights because every oh, time they played they would play different.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and that's it. Um, you know, because music, music is just much entertainment as it is an experience, you know? Um, they want to go there and know. People. Yeah, they want to know there and they got something unique. Like they only got that because they were present. If I'm giving them the exact same thing they got on the record, then, you know, where's the unique experience in that? Where's, where's the exclusivity? You know, where's the yeah. intimacy? The intimacy is that nobody else heard it like you or experienced yeah. it like you because this is the only time it'll ever happen like this. You yeah. know, and I think yeah. that's the power of taking a song from a record to a stage.
1: And the, and that's what's fun about performing versus recording in the studio because in the studio you're trying to get it perfect you want it you want it to sound the way you want it to sound but when it's live it's it's a literal communication it's a it's a conversation between the the audience and the um artist you know yeah and, and what the art what the audience is feeding the artist is what they're gonna give back and vice versa so that that's what makes live performance so fun because. I can perform Red Lips live, but if the audience is really intimate and I might sing it differently. I might sing it a little bit softer, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well and I think that's-, that's the trap some of these like big pop stars fall into is they're they're using, you know, Ableton Live and they feel like they've got to run the song like what's on the top, you know, ten radio edit. Mm-hmm. And and when they go out, they're running their sequencers, they're running off You know, they're, 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 um, daw, and Mm -hmm. and they're they're kind of just singing to their kind of, you know, (laughs) singing over it like, like, like they're at a, you know, karaoke bar. bar. Yeah. I mean, bore me
1: less. I can't.
0: Yeah. I see so many bands and so many kids today. A lot of them don't seem to mind that. They think that Mm -hmm. that's what a musician is, is the fact that they can play it the same way, and it's because they're using the computers they yeah. To be able to do that and it's okay yeah it sounds perfect but is that really what you want you know
1: exactly.
0: you're wondering if some of the music fans today are they really fans of music or are they fans of like jingles
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: or you know because like to me old music fans back in the day they wanted to hear that it was different they wanted to see their favorite artists like you know play that solo or play play that sax or play those drums you know and not just accept that, you know, there's no drummer. It's just all going to come from the drum machine, you know. And and I just, you know, that to me is kind of disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you see what, what's out there. Because, like, sometimes I'll try to book a gig and they'll say, well, why do you got to have all this stuff? Because like, I'm going to really play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, why do you, you're one band, band. Why do you need all these road cases? Because I'm actually going to play the synths. I'm, yeah, I'm not bringing my Mac. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're like, well, why do you need that? I was like, well, because I'm kind of like an old school guy. I'm going to play the actual parts. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's wicked.
2: Yeah, that's how it
0: should be. You know, this is the main
2: thing, right? We have a generation of people who haven't really experienced that type of music. So, you know, it's it's our job to, to show them what it feels like, to show them what it looks like. So the next time they go to a concert that doesn't have it, they understand what the value is. You know what yeah. I mean? Every every genre brings its strengths. Uh, I'm not going to... Those who want to use their Mac, I'm sure they have whatever value that they bring with what they do, which is awesome. But really, it's kind of saying, okay, but have you experienced this and still felt the same? Uh, you can turn up to some live music. Yeah, because you see a
0: guy like Kendrick Lamar, he's not just going out with a DJ in a Mac. He's bringing a full band. Huh? Because I think he realizes... Yeah. You know, you even saw, like, you know, you see some of these other hip-hop collectives. uh, They get out there, like Brockhampton, you know, or Odd Future. They used to go out with, like, bands. Because they started to realize that just running off the Mac wasn't cutting it, you know? It,
1: it, It makes for a really boring show, too. Like, why do you want to see someone pacing around on the stage, cupping a microphone, and you're not able to hear what they're saying, and... There's a, maybe a DJ behind them trying to hype the crowd as much as they can.
0: But it's not even like an old like DMC actually using a turntable, you know. The, the one's actually using the turntables. They're just running it off the Mac, you know. And like at least
1: because the turntables are on their Mac. yeah.
0: I mean, I mean sometimes <laughs> they have the Pioneer and those can mimic like real turntables, you know, or, or DJ808, and they can actually really see mm. a DJ actually using it. And actually running the platters, yeah. and actually you know cutting them and stuff. And okay, then then you're actually doing something. But you know, and I understand like if you're a kid in Chicago and you don't have a good rehearsal space, and you got Ableton Live, you can put together some interesting stuff. And I've seen some guys in the indie scene. You know, I've gone to like rap shows in in Brooklyn, where kids are really good. They show a lot of energy because they they bring a lot of energy to their rhymes. And maybe they didn't mm-hmm. have the ability to play music. They're not really a musician, but they're they're a poet. And I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. But I have somewhat of an issue when people try to just make like uh, what they call club bangers. <laughs> and yep. all they're doing is running off the machine or running like a producer formula that's like there's maybe 50 songs that sound the same. And it's like, what what are you really? What are you saying other than that you want to be in the top 10? <laughs> You know, I mean, so so every musician to me has has like a place they want to come from and, and and share their vision. You guys have a vision. You guys are musicians, and you know, friends used to say like, "Real music by real musicians." And people used to get mad. And what are you what are you saying? But you know, it like it's it's true. <laughs> you know, it is it is somewhat true. You know, because pe- everybody has their cup of tea, but you know, I like I like the cup of tea that has a little bit of you know somebody playing a real instrument.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also like for like red lips, what's, what's, what's so important about that is that um, we do live in a, in a society where Instagram, social media, Facebook, you know um, you're following on these platforms really define some of people's self-worth, you know, just, just how red lips do, you know, you put like a female puts on red lips and it gives her a certain feeling Mm -hmm. or a guy gets a kiss from a girl with red lips and he has red lips on his cheek and his friends see it and then that gives him a feeling, you know? I mean, there's so many aspects in which you can look at how red lips affects people.
1: And, it, and, that, go, and that dates back to the 19 or 1800s when men and women would wear lipstick and depending on the shade of your lipstick, it would show your rank in yeah, society. Yeah, Victorian
0: age where you had the kind of androgyny it, that was like, cross, you, know, it, there was, you know, it actually seems to come back and forth. You know, early 80s, we had it kind of come back. Um, uh, mm-hmm. when you had like Prince and the old romantics, they're all kind of had that Victorian look, uh, and it was coming yeah. from exactly what you're talking about because the people used to have that and it wasn't a big problem. And then suddenly, you know, I think Bowie tried to start it early in the 70s, and then the new romantics picked it up again. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, I think it's people. Shouldn't be afraid of expression in multiple ways, you know, because people express their ideas, you know, verbally, visually, you know, in a, however they can do it, you know, kind of through the vibe, and you know, a lot of music, you know, has that. And it, when you're a great musicians, they're able to pick like like everything. They can, they can everybody is like a total, complete picture when you when you get that visual and the sonic. And if, you know, you just get that feel, and you you feel like like something's important is happening. That you you feel like there's yeah. something really unique being um, put down, and I think that's that's where you know you got something really good.
2: Exactly. And I
0: think you guys got that.
2: <laughs> nah, no, we, pre- we we appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, m- music is something that we you know just it's 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 a natural state for us. It's you definitely know? innate. Uh, it 's a natural state for us so the, the the more time you get to spend with it and um really see the benefits through how other people experience it, it just motivates us to continue taking it to the next level you yeah. know um and just ju- just for example like with uh with the i can right in less than in less than two weeks about a week and a half we've generated ten thousand views and are currently growing about a thousand views a day yeah you know on that video. And that's so exciting to know that people are enjoying and experiencing, are experiencing our music in that way, because, um, I mean, numbers are great, but those are actually humans.
1: Yeah. And that that's are... the most important thing. Like we're touching lives with something that we absolutely love to do and because of the love that we're putting into it, people are only going to feel love. They're going to be uplifted. No matter what our song's about, they're going to feel uplifted because of the love and, and passion that we put into the music. And most of our messages are uplifting or they're motivating, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's, it's a, we're thought provoking. So I I love that about being a musician period is just seeing the difference in emotion and facial expressions change as they hear the music. Like we're taking them on a journey and that's so important.
0: Yeah. Kind of like Bob Marley. He He felt like he was a guru, like a musical guru that was like really had this powerful uplifting Message and you know it still resonates. You know
1: exactly, and, and it will always
0: kind of like if, yeah, because
1: of because of the source of his intention, yeah, but, the intention of the music is what drives it and keeps it. It gives it that longevity. Yeah,
0: because you can tell you he believed in what he was doing. It wasn't just to hit the top ten. It was because mm-hmm. when you have a musician that totally believes in what their music is, and, and they they mm-hmm. become like mm-hmm. the embodiment of that. You know, like. Hendrix was like the embodiment of the electric guitar, and you know, mm-hmm. Bob Marley was the, like embodiment of reggae. You know, he defines the whole genre. And it's like, it, so it's like yep. when you get to that point, you get guys like Coltrane. You get the same thing. You know, Sun Ra. You get these different people that represent like the pinnacle of that genre. You know, and, and yeah. you know that's that's everybody's trying to. You know, the, I think the real artist always feel. Like, I do it because I love it. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. stop if I can't get, you know, 100,000 million fans, whatever. I'm doing it because I love to do it. And, and then what yes. happens is people will find you because of your passion. That's what I believe. Like, people find you when they see, you, like, why is this person so passionate? Why are they so in? And then they draw you draw people to you. You kind of have that energy. Most of That's what I believe, but... <laughs> yeah no, that's
1: it's definitely true like you're going to touch somebody, and that's all that matters if you can like i really music saves lives, you know so i I really feel like as long as one person is touched or inspired by my music i'm I'm fine, and it's just as much of a necessity to for me to release music. Than it is to, for someone who needs a, an inspirational word or something that can help them persevere that day that's really rough for them or something.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like music you know, feel, to me is kind of like, you know, some people are like, well, like, it's like a religion, you know, in some ways it is. Like when you're a real music like, person that's like totally focused in every like way, it seems like it becomes such a big part of your life. You know, it becomes something that you like. You're like breathing. Like you can't imagine not being able to do it. That you you feel like you have to do it. And if you if you're creative, then you know, then the thing things that happen is like, you know, I don't just say, well, every three years I'm going to put out a record, and the rest of the time I'm going to just hang out and do whatever. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, music just comes out now, whether or not you put it out, but you're just constantly. Right, you don't just set aside three weeks out of the year to write your album. The rest of the time, you're doing something else.
1: (laughs) Exactly. No, it's it's an everyday occurrence.
0: Yeah, that to me is like when I run into musicians like that. I'm like, okay, fine, you're a musician, you do that's the way you do it. But to me, is you're not as passionate about it as I am. So I'm always seeking out the people who are more like to me, like the archetype that we're talking about, like. You know, he's like the Bob Marley, he didn't stop. You know, he was always working on something. You know, like the Prince team was always working, Dylan, they always work. You know, that's when you feel like these are people that really are into it. You know, they just feel like they can't stop. You know, and I think what happens yeah. is like it doesn't matter. Now we see all the, what, a lot of people said, oh, what's going to happen to Rock? These guys are going to stop. The Stones didn't stop. Dylan didn't stop. None of these guys stopped. They're gonna keep on doing it like a jazz musician or a blues guy until they, they're done.
1: <laughs> heritage hasn't stopped, you know. Heritage won't stop, so it's the the cycles gonna keep on going because musicians are born every day. Yeah. they just have to be nurtured and cultivated. Yeah,
0: but I think there's there's a there's a part of music that feels like you know, oh, when you want to be the popular person, maybe that does stop. Like if you're a teen boy band. Well, that's only going to last for a certain amount of time, you know, if you're like trying to do the kind of like bubblegum song, that's only going to last. Yeah, for, for...
1: it really depends on how innovative you are with that.
0: Yeah, it can be... um, I, yeah.
1: I feel like with with Sync, for example, in the 90s, they could still be around yeah. if they were innovative, but they, they stayed too pop. They didn't explore enough. They didn't create a global gumbo. They didn't really try to step outside of what made them popular in the first place. Yeah. they didn't evolve any. Yeah, that like, goes know?
0: back to the original boy band, like the Beatles. Like, they were a boy band, and they evolved. Exactly. And so, like, you, if you're a boy band and you evolve, you become the Beatles. <laughs> you, you know, exactly. You, then, then you get you get from like Help to like Sgt Pepper. You know, so so that's that's where like you can, you can, if you believe in it, but you know, sometimes I think people are in it for different reasons and that's fine. If you got a different reason to be in it, you know, but be kind of honest about your motivations.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And that, and that's why it's such a blessing that John Luca and I are working together because we have the same background, both from Bermuda. We have the same upbringing. We have, so much in common and our visions align so well that there's no ego attached to the way we work. There's no um, hidden intention on either side. So it's just that type of synergy that's just going to take us very, very, very far, I believe.
0: That's really cool to see a duo like you guys because, you know, you get these famous duos in music history. You know, like, you know, a lot of times they're brothers or they're really close friends. They're like the Everly Brothers, Paul and Odes, you know, you know, mm-hmm. all these different groups like, you know, Shaka Khan. <laughs> yeah. you, have, you have all these different duos in history, you know, even Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, you know, they, they have this thing where they, they have this sick, it's like, oh, they're totally in sync. And, you know, it's really cool to see that because, when you have like a duo like that, like you guys, when you guys are like, you know, totally like vibing off each other and you got the feeling you're being really creative. And that's just a, an amazing thing that happens, you know?
1: Yeah, it, it feels good.
0: Yeah, it happened. I mean, I had a collaboration with this other electronic artist called All K. Okay, and we had this moment, or a bunch of moments, where we, we were totally in sync for like three months three months we were just working on these ideas. We're just totally, so we built this album called two infinitum and we were just like really in the zone. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I felt that, you know, working with people and I was, I was the most connected. I had been like an electronic type of music. Um, because I had, a, had a, a person that was, I think, in the same way, you know, in terms of like what we're going to do with the sense, what they're going to do with the different lines that we were running and in the concepts we were working on. It, sometimes you just find that person. If for that situation, we only, we're in sync for that three month period, and you know, she went on and did her other life. She's like an actress, she does other stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it happens where you're. You wish it could last longer. It's cool that you guys have something that's that's like not as short lived.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely not short lived.
0: No, I mean, we and and the thing is like
2: we have, um, we have, uh, we have more music that's gonna go on the following project, you know? So we have three projects already in mind after the single releasing right now so we have the album plus two other projects that we've already we've already started working on you know so what, what we're really trying to do is create a uh, create momentum that allows us to continue without working from day to day right so whereas music is coming out right now but we're already talking about music that's of next year we're talking about collaborations for next summer you know we're talking about collaborations for you know the next sports competitions that are coming up in the future, that sort of stuff you know so we're 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 over twelve months in advance in our preparation while being prepared for the present already, you know, and it's really it's really allowing us to think and work in a way that um is going to give 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 us the momentum we need
1: mm-hmm. you know, but and the inspiration not to work day to day gives us that that freedom to really create together freely without worrying about man, we haven't put anything
0: out in months. What's, you know, that pressure? Yeah. I mean, it's cool to actually, you know, have that kind of vibe where you're, you don't run out of ideas or you at least have have things in mind, you know, because that's one thing I've kind of, as as a musician, I've got like a big catalog of a lot of music. Um, um, And it just kind of comes out of me and maybe it's too much music, but I just, because of the net, I'm able to put it out there. And I kind of just, you know, I do it because it just kind of flows out of me. So I just, I have all these ideas that I'm working on projects like you guys. I have stuff planned and I'm working with some like collaborators into into 2019. I've already got some stuff planned out that I've been working on. And so, yeah, I totally get what you guys are doing because it's just, you know, to me, like when you're in the game and you really love what you're doing, that's kind of what you do.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, you have to. I mean, because... You, you, you want you want to create um. You, you want you want to create a career that allows you to continue doing what you love, but also create it in a way that it's, it's relevant to those who you're serving. You know, a lot of times you get caught up in creating music or creating projects, and a lot of times the artist is creating out of a release, but they haven't really thought about the people that they're serving. You know, and yeah. and in, in tailoring our music like Red Lips and the songs that we have coming out on the first album. We've really thought about that. You know, we're, we're writing from a personal place, you know, from an authentic place, but we're also writing from a place of service. You know, what do we believe our listener is gonna, is gonna benefit from? You know, it's not so much creating music we think they're gonna like, you know, it's not that. But creating music we think that's gonna affect them in a positive way and give them some sort of messaging that's gonna help them do yeah, whatever. more like the music they,
0: they, they need more than they oh. than they like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Kind of like the people say, like, you know, music, like soul, you know, it's food for the soul. So when you when you create really powerful, enlightening music and you do something like Bob Marley or you get something like Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life, you, you know, Songs in the Key of Life still resonates. like Because yep. it had that kind of feel that made people like, you know, oh my God, after 20, 30 years after it came out, people are still like, wow. You know, that that's when you know you really hit, that that key like there's like this idea that there's like universal key that people can vibe on and if you yeah. can't hit it it will activate people you know and you can get them to do positive things or you can do negative things and so you know some music sometimes hits that key and you get like something that's a little too dark you know you could say you go to like Kurt Cobain you know he yeah. hit the key, but that key is kind of destructive and you've seen with the grunge movement what happens the people just burn out. Yeah. Yeah. And and the music is, is cool and it has a lot of power, but where is it coming from? Um yeah, but, and, and at the and, end of the day, if the artist can't survive it, you gotta think about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, but a a lot of times these artists, you know, um, they're not even I mean, there's there's so much funny business when it comes to that sort of thing in music. But the reason why that type of music resonates and still matters is because You know, Kurt Cobain was really creating from a real place.
0: Yeah, it's real. Maybe it can be self-destructive. Something can be real. And that's all that matters. Yeah.
1: That's (laughs) all that matters is that it's authentic and it's relatable because he's not the only one going through that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's just unfortunate
2: that how some of the stories end. You know, it it is unfortunate.
0: When you you tap into that, it's just kind of like, I'm I'm a Buddhist. So sometimes when we kind of feel like if you tap into the negative, it has a place. It's not that you shouldn't do it but yeah some, the the result is gonna be negative, and so that people can feel that and you can learn lessons from that, and you can everybody probably has those dark places, some people go too far with it, yeah, and he was really good at talking from the edge, you know, and just they fell over, and that yep. now everybody falls over and say it valid thing you. you shouldn't say you shouldn't do it, there's a cost to it um and so. You know, it, sometimes it's, if you want to still be around, you got to find more light <laughs> at, yeah. at the edge so you don't go over there. But um, yeah.
2: yeah, no, that's cool. But um,
1: we are excited to release a first taste of, of the heritage experience.
2: Most definitely. And, and if you want to get a piece of the song, you could actually go on um, ht, htgmusic.com backslash red lips and then on iTunes where the pre-order is you can um, pre-order it but also gives you a preview of the song. Yeah, you can
1: hear go it 90 seconds of it I believe.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So I'll go and listen to that right now and uh I've got that. I got my Apple Music subscription and my Spotify subscription so I'll be I'll be getting it uh, and downloading it to my playlist and
2: Hey. All right, now thank That's you what man. I'm talking
0: about. And I'll be and then- and I'll be pushing it out like on my social media, the Phantom Electric Ghost social media, like I said, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. And so um, I like to push all these things out. And so our conversations are pushed out on my blogger page and my Facebook, mm-hmm. my Twitter and my Instagram. Uh, and I'll send you the links once everything's together. And as your album um, comes out or your singles, as they come out onto those platforms, I can add you know, as segments to this podcast, so that's
1: beautiful, okay.
0: okay, well, we're excited for it, man. I mean, and then we'll be sure to go check out um some of your stuff right now after this call. Well, I am a very experimental artist that I kind of push it, and no, that's <laughs> so, good so so just, going, I, just for everybody's aware, you know, I have an alter ego named Josephine Electric, and she's me. And uh, I create her with, like, electronic voice coders. Um, so I have cannot
1: and... wait to hear. That's very interesting.
0: Yeah, so I created her because I had, like, a fear when I first started trying to do vocals. I originally um, didn't like my male voice. And so I was, I was working with it, working with it. And I was like, you know, I don't like it. And so I was playing with all these Roland voice coders. I had this VTO3 which is a really cool boycotter from Roland and I put it into soprano mode on my kind of deep voice and it created this female voice because of the deepness of my voice that had this characteristic I'm like wow what the heck is this Hmm. and I spent like a year experimenting and created a character named Josephine Electric that I have represent kind of like the female side of me and my interpretation of of how I would you know behave as a female and 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 a lot of people I've worked with, you know, All Control K was a female artist, and she was really intrigued by Josephine. And we did this album called To Infinitum, where, you know, I had her character with my character singing. And I mean, I'm a guy, but I'm playing Josephine. Yeah. (laughs) And Josephine's singing with All Control K, and she's a female, you know, EDM artist from Los Angeles. And we put this album together, and I have a lot of my own stuff where i've had josephine kind of build this mythology where she's a very uh powerful kind of strange character in that she's a phantom she's kind of ethereal right she's like a ghost and and so she kind of go through life in and be ethereal or non-ethereal she can reach out to people or not reach out to people and it's kind of a different kind of concept but yeah, it's just, it's just a strange thing. <laughs> That's good. very
1: interesting. That's very creative.
0: Yeah, I've been kind of a, like I said, I like progressive rock. And, and so I kind of wanted to bring some Bowie aspects, some stuff like Lou Reed was doing. And uh, and just like, yes, and Genesis and all those synth bands. And say, OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up with a different idea. Kind of like, you know, Prince did it with Camille, too. So I was also inspired by Camille, the idea of Camille. Mm-hmm. And and wanted and so I came up with Josephine as a kind of part of that whole thing, but yeah, it's great to talk to you guys and like I really really love your music, and um, yeah, you know it would be cool <laughs> at some point if we if we collab on anything. I'm always getting new gear. <laughs> yeah, wicked. You got and, some, um, you got
2: some dope bass synths that have a smooth tone.
0: I have really good modes um, my modes can and I have a really good arteria bass, uh Analog synth um, base controls That I can do um, So I can do really Interesting things I'm in the process of getting some more modes
2: Okay so, um, uh, I think what, what we'll do is um, We got this track we're working on And I want a really fat Analog synth bass sound So what okay. I can do is send you out Send you the stem Of, oh, cool. of the What you're doing of, Yes, cool of the USB sound we have. And if you could just literally replicate the exact same progression, but with yeah. like, just... um,
0: It's a really fat lead bass.
2: Yeah, like you would hear it, even you could send a couple of versions of concepts or whatnot, that would be beautiful. Because yeah, yeah, I, I, I,
0: I, that's, that's how I've done stuff. So, I mean, I have an email that I think you can see on my uh, expansive sound. But okay. Just to get it down, it's expansive sound experiments on right. one thing. At gmail.com. X is that E? So expand, yeah, like EX expansive. Like, so you say expansive, the word expansive. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Sound experiments, always like one thing, and then at gmail.com.
2: And that's experiment
0: singular, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You can see my email is like on my Instagram. Like, if you actually hit the email button, it will be that same email.
2: Okay, perfect. Cool.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
2: Look forward to it, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love working with, uh, you know, all kinds of bands and I would love to, you know, and, and integrate some cool stuff for you guys. I've got some other cool tools, this thing called a morphogene that also lets me sample things and like totally rip it apart. And so there's some cool stuff I can do. So I'll, I'll take that baseline and I'll create it, but I'll also send you like this thing with the Morphogene, which is a Eurorack module that lets you take sound and kind of rip it apart. And so I can give you an example of what you can do with that, so you can hear what it does, and then see if there's anything you've wanted. you want to. Yeah, know.
2: that'd be sick. Yeah, send stuff, send like funky variations of it and whatnot, and then, um, and then we'll circle back with you as we go throughout the process.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I love the experiment. So we'll find something that works. Great. Yeah. All right.
1: Sounds good, man.
0: Excited. Excited. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, Josephine.
0: It was good talking <laughs> to you. Yeah, uh, she appreciates it. <laughs> <laughs> she likes the love. She's like anybody that's giving her their love, she really likes it. <laughs> I love it. Right. Thank you. Uh,
2: All right, man. Well, thanks again for having us. Um, we'll keep you posted on the progress and then we'll shoot you an email regarding this funky baseline. Yeah. yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. We can probably closer to the, when the album comes out, we could have a release conversation. Sure. Yeah, no, that'd be exciting. Yeah, cool. Thank you.
1: So look out for Red Lips. It'll be coming soon.
2: I'm going to be on it. June 22nd. Yeah, I'm going to push it. All right. (laughs) Appreciate it. We love you
1: for it. Thank you.
2: Yeah, bye. bye -bye. All right, talk soon. Bye-bye.